Good morning, and welcome to Forward City Church's online gathering broadcast. And if you're new to Forward City Church, we're one church that meets in multiple locations. We have virtual groups, we have home churches, and we have larger gatherings, all connected together, working together to help you move forward towards a full life in Christ. Now, if you haven't been tracking with us over the last few weeks, we began a study called I Choose, and it's kind of based on some words that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. He says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. And we see in this passage that the Apostle Paul is telling this church that both paths take dedication and determination. So depending on what you choose, they're both going to take work. Both paths have a prize. This path has a prize. That path has a prize. But only one of them, only one path has a prize that won't fade away or grow old. And depending on which path you choose will make all the difference in your life. See, we know this. We, we, we know that you and I are writing the story of our lives one decision at a time. And so that's why we're calling this series, I Choose, because we're being challenged in God's word to choose one path over another. Last week, we were challenged to choose the path of purpose over the path of approval. Now today, we're going to see what God says to those of us who struggle with control. Now, I realize that as soon as I say that, I'm going to get some nasty looks because you know where this is going to go, don't you? Like, you know that what we talk about today, it's going to affect your parenting. It's going to affect how you search for the perfect relationship. And it's probably going to affect some of your plans for your future and some of your expectations. Because today, the Word of God is going to challenge us to choose surrender over control. Now, in light of that, do you ever feel yourself wrestling with God? Now, I'm not saying you're, you're trying to say no to him. I'm not saying you don't care about him, don't want to follow him. But do you ever find that your desires are maybe pulling you one way and it seems like God's desires are kind of trying to pull you a different direction? I mean, if that's you, the good news is, is you're not alone because there's an Old Testament prophet and his name was Jonah. And he found himself in this exact same position where he was wrestling with surrender and wrestling with control. And although his story, um, you know, it's, it's, it's his story and it was written a long time ago, through his story, we have an opportunity, you and I have an opportunity to perform a kind of a spiritual checkup. Because as we're going to see, his struggle is really our struggle. And we're going to find that that struggle is the reason, it's the source of most of our disappointment and our worry and the anxiety in our lives. Listen to what it says in Jonah chapter 1. The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amidi. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. 
Now we learned that according to 2 Kings chapter 14, Jonah lived and prophesied in the early part of the reign of Jeroboam between about 790 and 750 BC. And what we learn is that Jonah probably would have been a rock star prophet during his day. Wherever he walked, people were like, there's Jonah, man, we love Jonah, Jonah's great. Because he, in the early part of his ministry, Jonah was prophesying like victory for Israel. He was prophesying the expansion of their territory. He was the, he was the guy who brought good news and we know that everyone loves a message messenger that brings good news. But see, now for his next assignment that God was sending him to not a great place. He was sending him to a place called Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a massive city and it was located in modern day Iraq. And the city was the capital of the cruelest and most powerful empire in the world. Think of the worst place. Think of the most cruel place that you could possibly think of. This was Nineveh probably times two. Like Nineveh was worse. The worst place you can imagine, that was Nineveh. And God was sending Jonah there. Like it would be the similar, it would be kind of like, um, not exactly like, but kind of like if you sent a Jewish person to the heart of Berlin during World War II. Not in hiding, but in plain sight and in the middle of, of, of all of the, the horrible atrocities and saying to them, hey, you need to repent and turn to God. It would be similar to that. And you could just imagine the conversation between Jonah and God. Jonah had just come out of this incredible assignment. He's super stoked. He's like, hey man, God, what's next? And that was awesome. I mean, how, how can you use me to bless your people and to bring judgment on our enemies? Man, God, that was great. Let's do that. Let's do some more of that. What's next for me now? And God's like, okay, I got something for you. He's like, oh, what is it? What is this exciting? And what is it? I want you to go to Nineveh. He's like, yeah, that's funny. Could you imagine? Wow. Whew. Yeah, could you imagine, guy? What would that be like? Wow. And he said, what would you want me to do? And he's like, no, I, I want you to go to Nineveh. And I want you to go there because I want to show mercy on these people. And I want you to ask them, I want you to tell them to repent. And then Jonah, after probably pick himself off the floor, was like, wait, I, I'm not going to Nineveh. God, do you know who these people are? Do you know what they've done? Do you know what they've done to our people in, in the surrounding nations? Do you know what they're like? I'm not going to Nineveh. But God's like, but you're my prophet. And this is what prophets do. They go where I tell them and they say what I want them to say. He's like, yeah, but this isn't what I signed up for. When I became a prophet, this isn't what I signed up for. But God's like, but this is my will. But Jonah's like, but it's not my will. God, you can't show mercy on these people. You need to show judgment. You can't offer forgiveness to these people. God, you just need to bring fire down upon them right now. God's like, no. I want you to go to Nineveh and preach mercy and judgment, if they t but mercy if they turn to me. And then we're going to see that Jonah's like, I can't do that, God. I won't do that. I quit. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. And he bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. And when the call of God came to Jonah... 
he couldn't see beyond his desire for judgment. I mean, God was going to offer forgiveness to these people. They didn't deserve forgiveness. In, in Jonah's mind, these people deserved judgment. They deserved the same infliction of judgment that they inflicted on other people and the other nations around them. They didn't deserve God's mercy and God's forgiveness. Not these people. And Jonah knew, here's the thing, he knew that they were going to repent. Like if they weren't going to repent, yeah, he would have gone there and said, hey, God's going God's to rain fire down upon you if you repent. But since you're not going to repent, you know, he would have been excited about that. But he knew that they were going to repent. He knew that, that in their repentance that God was going to show mercy upon them. He knew that their lives were going to be transformed. And he didn't want that because he didn't want transformation. He wanted judgment for these people. He didn't want forgiveness. He wanted God's wrath. So knowing that they were going to receive it, he got mad. He got angry and, because they didn't deserve that. So he just got in a boat and he went in the opposite direction, as far away from Nineveh as humanly possible. Now, I know that's Jonah's story, but if we're honest, we're a lot like Jonah. We're more like Jonah than we realize or that we want to admit because you and I, we struggle with control. Now, I know some of you are going to say that you don't actually struggle with control. You would say rather that you're just a highly driven and focused and motivated person. It's not a control issue. It's just that you're just highly motivated. It just comes across that way. I mean, you also have ideas and you, you, you see things with clarity now and then the future and you see how things work together. So it's not really controlling. You just know how things fit and how things work and where things can be and where things should be. And you love people and you see the plan that, that, that this beautiful, wonderful plan that is for their lives and for their future. And again, you have clarity where that is and you're just trying to help them get there. You're not trying to control them. You're just trying to help steer them in directions and help them get to where you see their potential being. It's not a control thing. It's just you love these people and you want to do whatever you can to help them get there. So you're not really controlling. You're just helping, guiding. But see, in light of this struggle, I have two questions for you to answer. And the first question is, does it really matter? I mean, is what you're trying to control worth your concern? Does it matter if it's not put back in the exact place? Does it matter if it doesn't happen right away? Does it really matter if their room is clean? I mean, leaving dishes and crumbs everywhere as a mouse magnet might be a big deal. But does it really matter if the room is messy? I mean, if you stand back and take an honest look at it, you and I are often trying to control things that don't really matter that much a month from now or a year from now or even a day from now. Does it really matter? And the next question is, is it your responsibility to control it? Now, I, I don't say this lightly, but, but I hope you realize that you can't do God's job. You realize that, right? I mean, after Jonah was brought kicking and screaming back to Nineveh, he began preaching the message of God's redemption. And, and to his dismay, the people began to repent. But instead of getting excited that the people were being transformed, Jonah got mad at God. This change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? 
I mean, this is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You were eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. See, Jonah was trying to take God's role. You know, trying to control who gets forgiveness and who gets judgment, but that's not his job. See, this hits close to home for a lot of us. I mean, we have, we have no problem. You and I have no problem with God being the head. We just want God, we just want to be the neck. Like we aren't trying to be God. We're just trying to tell God how to do his job. I mean, God, I made a list for you. I mean, God, these are the areas of my life that I need you in. But these are the areas that I don't really need you to worry about because I'll take care of that. I mean, you take care of this and I'll take care of this area of my life. I mean, you can take my health. Please take my health. Do what you need to do there. Make me healthy. But I'll take my money. I'll decide where that goes and what I do with that. I mean, you can take care of my parents. They're getting older and they need some extra help right now. They need some extra care. Can you take care of my parents? And you do that and then I'll take care of the decisions on my kids and their future. So you take my parents, but I'll take the kids. So you got the health. I got the money. You got my parents. I got my kids. Oh, and what God, I almost forgot. Um, here's the timetable that I'd like you to get everything done, right? So this is, this, is, this is when I want it, right? You know, you can, I know you have a timetable, but I actually have a timetable that I'd like you to get me that job or that relationship, you know, when I want you to answer that prayer. I know you've got your things, but this is how I want it. God responds to Jonah and he says, is it right for you to be angry about this? I mean, God, God's like, Jonah, are you done? Are, are you done talking now? Because who gave you the responsibility to decide what happens to these people? Is it your responsibility or is it my responsibility what happens to these people or any people for that matter? It kind of reminds me of God speaking to Job and his friends after they finished sharing their expertise on God and his ways. When they were done talking, God comes in and he says, Who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorant words? Embrace yourself like a man because I have some questions for you and you must answer them. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. I love how God brings these guys back down to earth and he's like, he doesn't sarcastic, he doesn't a sarcastic way. And I love that about God. He's like, like, oh wait, I forgot. You guys are super smart. I forgot how smart you guys are. I forgot how much you guys knew about me and my ways. Wow, well, because you're so smart, I got a couple of questions for you. And it won't be hard because I mean, obviously you guys know everything because I mean, you guys were there at the beginning when I created the heavens and the earth. Oh, wait. Actually, no, no, you weren't. You guys weren't there. I was there. I didn't see you. And I love this. He's, he's, he's reminding them who they are. He's putting them back in their place, reminding them that they're not God, that, that Jonah and, and, and Job and his friends and that you and I, he's reminding us that we are not God. And because of that, we don't have the responsibility to do his job because we can't do it. Only God can. You and I don't have the responsibility to do the things that only God can do. See, before God, our responsibility isn't to try to control, but 
Rather, our job is to surrender. Our job is to choose surrender over control. To surrender, it's a military term, which means ceasing resistance to an opponent and submitting to their authority. Now, surrendering to the Lord means to yield ownership or control over what we consider ours. It's saying, God, you are now, I am no longer in control. I am submitting control and ownership of my property to you, my time, my rights, myself, my family, my relationships. I give you the responsibility and the ownership of my kids. And see, in military terms, surrender has a negative understanding. It means defeat. But with Jesus, as followers of Jesus Christ, surrendering means victory because you and I, are, we, we give the responsibility of control to God for our past regrets and our present struggles and our future plans. And we surrender the control and the ownership over to God to do what he knows is best for those things. Now, surrendering control isn't the same thing as relinquishing responsibility. I mean, obviously, we need to make some choices about our daily lives and plan for our future. I mean, obviously. I mean, if you're having financial struggles, I mean, you need to get off your butt and do what you need to do. You just can't sit on the couch and say, well, I've surrendered to God, so therefore God's going to take care of me. It's his job, not mine. I'm going to surrender those things to God. No, God's like, no, you need to get up and do what I've given you to do. Send out resumes, go look for jobs, work the job I've already given you. Do what I've asked you to do. Maybe stop spending so much more than you make. Maybe get a side hustle. You know, do the things that I've given you to do. Surrendering doesn't just mean you can sit back and just eat chips on the couch and let God take care of everything. You still got to do the work that he's called you and given you to do. I mean, if you've got marriage problems, you just can't sit back and just hope that everything's going to get better. God's in control. I've surrendered my marriage to God, so therefore God's going to fix everything. No, you need to get the help that you need. Maybe you need to get some counseling. Maybe you, you need to make some changes in your life and in your character. Maybe there's some things that you need to do to bring health to that marriage. Get in a life group where you're going to be encouraged and held accountable by other followers of Christ. If you're sick, you just can't sit there and say, well, God's going to take care of me. I don't need to worry about anything. No, if he's giving you a doctor, go to the doctor. But see, the difference is that even when we surrender, when we surrender to God, we know that, that, that we can't heal. It's not our responsibility to heal that person who's sick. Or heal me or heal you. And we can pray for them. We can do our job to pray. We can help. We can give good advice. We can encourage. We can, we can provide care. But only God can heal them. That's his responsibility. See, we can't do God's job, and God won't do our job. Now, I say this with the most amount of love that I can, but some of you need to hear this. Some of you need to surrender and trust God with what you're trying to control. Because see, God, he knows what he's doing. He knows the difference between the good, the better, and the best. He understands the future. He knows how everything fits together. He knows what decisions are made here and how that's going to affect years and years down the line, how it's going to affect other people. God knows those things. The Bible says that man plans his way, but God directs his steps. It says that his knowledge is higher than our knowledge. God knows what's better for you. God knows what's better for your finances. God knows what's better for you, your relationships. And God knows what's best for your kids. Because see, he knows what he's doing. And we need to surrender to him because he's better at controlling your world than you are. 
And he also knows that the more you try to control things that don't really matter, the more that you try to control things or people that aren't yours to control, the more you and I are going to cycle into bondage of disappointment and bitterness and anxiety and worry. The Bible teaches us that when we surrender control to God, we give him the responsibility of our future and our finances and our health and our kids and our relationships. We give him control of those things. We still do the job. We still do the work that he's called us to do. We give him the control of the outcomes of those things. And when we surrender control to him, he returns that with peace. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, in light of all of this, I just have a couple of questions for you and for me to wrestle with, with our life groups, with our home churches, and with our family. As we think about this, this surrender over control, here's a couple of questions I have for us to discuss. The first one is, what or who do you tend to try to control? And the next question is, what is something God is asking you to surrender to him? Family, I just want you to know I love you and then I understand that this is a difficult conversation for us to hear because giving up control, it's difficult, isn't it? And some things it's going to be easier to give up control of. It's like, man, I don't want control of that. Please take it, God, and he's got it. But there's some things that we'll just, we'll hold on for a really long time. But as we continue to learn and continue to grow in this, the more we, uh, more we opt for surrender over control, the more we're going to find peace and the more that we're going to realize that God's better at it anyway. So continue to ask God to show you the things that you're trying to control that don't really matter and to show you the kind of things that you're trying to control that's not really your job to control because it's his. So I'll pray for you, continue to pray for me as we as a family choose surrender over control. I love you and we'll see you next week. God bless you.